Welcome to the second of our two special episodes of I'm In, the Institute of Hospitality's official podcast, hosted by me, Phil Street. Recorded live at the Hotel and Resort Tech Expo back in October 2023 in front of an audience. For this one, I welcomed Harsh Sodani, Katrina Razar, Marco De Simone, and Pablo Pereira Duel to chat through how today's technology trends impact the hospitality industry of tomorrow. We really packed in the content for this one, as well as some great questions from the audience. So a huge thank you to all of our panel members for giving up their time. One final thing, if you're enjoying the show, please don't forget to give us a subscribe on your podcast app of choice. Enjoy. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on the, uh, the next session. This is brought to you in partnership with the Institute of Hospitality. We're, we're going to talk about all about exploring how the technology trends of today will impact the industry of tomorrow. So just to make you all aware, this is being recorded live for the, uh, it's not going out live, but it's being recorded for the I'm In podcast, as you can see there. And that will go out sometime in the new year. It is available to download on all wonderful podcast apps. But anyway, for today's session, we've assembled uh, another stellar panel, very different from yesterday, who all have very different heads and very different spaces within the industry. So hopefully we'll get a, a good a richness of content from this. And so first up, to my immediate right, we have Harsh. Just tell the world who you are and what you do. Uh, hi, everyone. I'm Harsh. I'm the sales manager at Hilton and excited to be here. Hi, I'm Katerina. Uh, good morning, everybody. I am the front office manager at the Royal Air Force Club in London, but I'm also the chair of the Youth Council at Institute of Hospitality. Pleasure to be here today. Good morning, everyone. My name is Marco De Simone. I'm the restaurant manager at Shangri-La de Char in London. And I'm also very honored to be appointed as a vice chair of the Institute of Hospitality Youth Council. Pleasure to be here, and I'll pass it over to my colleague. Good morning, everyone. My name is uh, Pablo. I've been in the industry working for many years, and now I'm uh, teaching at the University of Surrey. Uh, nice to be here. Fantastic. Please give it up for our lovely panel. Giving, all giving up their time today. And you haven't even said anything yet, so you're already getting a round of applause. We are pretty limited on time, so we're just going to get stuck into this today. I will see if, if there's a, uh, we've got time for a Q&A at the end. So if you have got any burning questions, please just keep them for the end, and I'll see if we can, we've got time to do that. So a very open question, and whoever's got the microphone, I'm going to open this to you. How do you see emerging technologies shaping the hospitality industry over the next 10 years? All right, so thank you for the question. If we go back to the, to the basics, if we try to, to define what hospitality is, and a possible definition that we might all agree with is, is, is an interaction between hosts and guests, right? So through that in interaction is where experience, where ex um, the value is created, through that experience, through that interaction. So for the future, it's all about creating these highly personalized experiences. That's the, actually the ultimate, ultimately goal of uh, technology, to be able to create that value, to maximize that value through a better connection between hosts and guests. Marco, anything to add into that? Um, well, I'm sure that um, obviously emerging technology will be able to revolutionize the hospitality industry in the next decade. One of the most prominent trends that we've seen recently uh, is the introduction of artificial intelligence, to make an example, machine learning, 
Internet of Things, augmented reality, and also virtual reality, which will definitely have a positive impact on a guest experience. However, I think it's essential to also strike a balance between technology and the personal interaction that hospitality is made of. I also would say that blockchain technology can enable transparency, for example, in restaurant, in searching of ingredients, enabling diners to trace um, origin of the quality of the food. Another factor that is really important to say will be sustainability, which uh, continue to be to grow. And I'm sure that technology will, will play a very pivotal role in helping restaurants minimize their environmental impact. Yeah, you've done no research, have you? I will just add to that one as well. Um, I think, well, the stats are saying that the um, investment in technology is meant to increase about three times by 2025. But I think as we are in hospitality, all that I can see, and I, in, a, in a big picture, I think that uh, emerging technologies will help us, the people working in hospitality industry, do what we do the best. And the technology will take over to do the background job and do all the smaller tasks which necessarily don't need a person to do it, for example. So, you know, robots that are coming to deliver things to your room and things like that. So that will then ease up the time for us to actually focus on the people element, which will always stay in hospitality, no doubt. So within the next 10 years, hopefully the smaller little things are taken away from us, but we can then do what we do the best. Yeah, Harsh, you work in a sales environment, so... Yes. Coming at it from the sales perspective, what, what are you seeing so in that space? I would space? say from the sales and revenue perspective, uh, hotels can now mine a lot more data than they were able to previously. So they can have as much data as they want. They can make recommendations. So as we see how Netflix, for an example, recommends us having our data that, okay, this is the next series you can watch. So like this, hotels can... Uh, implement the recommendations, uh, integrating AI. We are still on the step zero of it uh, because we are talking about 10 years further. So there would be a lot more interesting things coming up. For example, maybe smart lighting, or so temperatures. Marco mentioned Internet of Things. So when it comes into environment, it would be like having a Harry Potter's wand, but in digital way. So you can take a lot more things. But in terms of sales and revenue, there's a lot more data mining you can do. Uh, you can use that in a better way to, exp uh, to enhance the experience, I would say, and not just to keep the data and loading it up, but actually kind of using it. But also, it again comes, you have to be much more invested into technology to keep that data safe and how you are using that data. So I think it's growing, but 10 years would be exciting to see. Uh, I don't know, after 10 years when I'll be having this conversation, it would be completely different or irrelevant. So yeah. Yeah, you'll be you'll be a robot by then. So um, yeah. Uh, do we have a? Is there a risk here? I suppose we're we're as you said we're at the very very beginning of all of this uh, amazing technology that's coming to marketplace. It all kind of feels a little bit like a minefield as to what do you go with? How do you decide what's good, what's bad, um, or do you just kind of have to go at it with an inquisitive mind and a a, a bit of positivity and say? Yeah, let's just give that a go and see if it works. Uh, I think there will be a lot more challenges as well as we speak. So in terms of training, uh, I'm the new generation, right? So you have to spend a lot more on training for the hotel staff as well. You have to make the guests aware of what technology it is. So a lot more effort needs to go on how your hotel or how your establishment knows well into technology. So yes, there are a couple of challenges. And then again, human touch point would be there like, 
robots cannot kind of replace the genuine smile you'll get at a front desk. So this is, again, is a challenge kind of. But in terms of risk, the major risk would be around the data security for the guest and how the hotels are using it. And we are seeing a lot more things coming up and a lot more hotels digging into it and trying to keep their data safe, moving into the cloud softwares from sales and revenue perspective. So that allows a lot more accessibility to the data, to the hotel people. But yes, risks are always there. You need to invest in the, in the training of the staff. You need to, they need to know that what they're using. And the guest actually needs to know that, OK, this is what our data is used for. And this is how the hotel is using it to enhance the experience. So I think, yeah, it revolves around that thing. Yeah, is, I mean, the data harvesting, is that not just basically positive stalking? <laughs> I, I would say yes. <laughs> right now, we are having a lot more data. but. It's still not clear to the guests that how we are using it. So we have the data, but we have to make sure that we are using it in a correct way. And I think that can only be seen how we evolve with the technology in the next couple of uh, years to come. So yeah. Yeah, Marco, I'm going to come to you. As somebody who operates within one of the iconic five-star hotels of London Skyline, within the restaurant space, and especially within the fine dining luxury environment, how, how does tech play its part in that experience because as we've all kind of alluded to already you have the the risk of it taking away from the guest experience we still need this human touch especially in the the luxury segment so how do you go about getting the best of all of things as a restaurant manager in the last few years i've witnessed a remarkable uh, evolution in technological trends L to make an example the digital reservation before people used to call service center to make reservation now can do co everything comfortably online which in a way these are streamlined booking processes reducing errors enhancing guest satisfaction for sure and additionally uh, another example that i could give you is the online orderings so during the pandemic People you know, could simply order it from comfortable from their home. And this platform not only provides customers, I believe, with convenience, but also offer valuable data insight, as he actually just mentioned. So by analyzing this data insight, restaurant can plan pricing, can reduce workforce, can you know, make so many adjustments in their menus, target marketing efforts more collectively. So it helps us analyzing the data, understand the customer preferences, and this is done obviously by technology. One example that also I can give you in Ting, for example, we introduce QR code menus, where people can simply scan the QR code menu from their phone and have access to all our menus in place, vegetarian option, any, any kind of information. However, I would say that a successful service starts before we open the door. So with this online platform, we can analyze during our briefing all our bookings through the night and going through dietary requirement, going through special occasion. And this will enable us to anticipate guest needs and so provide the smooth service during, you know, um, I mean, provide the smooth service throughout. So it's really helping a lot. However, as I mentioned before, we need to find a little bit of balance because we don't want technology to take over personal interaction with the guest. Yeah, I think that's the key word, isn't it? Balance. Indeed. I mean, you know, it's, it's amazing that all of this stuff is available. And I think as, as you've, a couple of you have alluded to as well, I mean, we live in a time where we're always, always talking about the staffing problems that we all have in terms of keeping our teams 100%, you know, all of the positions filled. Correct. So is this, is this a coming together of times whereby actually we have a wonderful opportunity here to think about if we're struggling to fill our team's spaces, 
can we figure out how we use tech, AI, whatever that looks like in terms of helping us in that way? Well, I would say lately, especially in the hospitality industry, we're using artificial intelligence for so many things. So people can, for example, with artificial intelligence, see the dishes on our menu. Uh, we also use virtual reality. So basically people can see the dishes, how they are prepared, where they are coming from. They have access to all this information. And, and it's really important. When we, for example, struggle with stuff, this is something that any hospitality business is facing, we have an apple called Couple, which enable us to book agency in order to cover the operation comfortably by just clicking a button and we are going to receive all this stuff in place. We can like, like an Uber for staff. Correct, correct, correct. But as he mentioned before, all this information must be kept, especially because you know we have access to all the data in a very safe environment. We need to make sure that the staff is trained in GDPR policies. We need to ensure that there is no, you know, uh, cyber attack in our system. And this can lead me to say also that we need to have trained staff. But with the turnover of staff, it might take one person that is so inexperienced to then obviously ruin the whole business. So we need to use technology, but we need to use it wisely. Very, very wisely. Yeah, I can tell you're a little bit passionate about this, Marco. But I'm going to move to you, Kat. You mentioned training. What can we do from a tech perspective when it comes to training? Because, of course, there's some training that you can only do on the job. But what about for learning and development teams? Is there an opportunity there for, for them to come up with off-the-job training, we'll just call it for today? I think there definitely is. Though, um, one thing that I would say is that Hospitality is all kind of learning on the job, but different people have very different learning techniques and how they learn the best. Some people write things down, some people like to see videos, some people like to, you know, do it on the job. Um, I definitely just do it on the job. <laughs> but there is, I, I think there's a huge opportunity and it's definitely coming there. But as Marco said as well, especially when you're implementing more technology to your everyday practices and everyday operation, you have to make sure that the staff is aware how to use it. And not just one person or two people who are like supervisors or managers, but everybody needs to be aware. Which in hospitality, it can be a little bit difficult because especially when you're like front of house staff, um, reception staff, you know, they are on the job 24 seven. You always have somebody on shift. So it's very hard to kind of brief everybody at the same time because somebody needs to still work. <laughs> um, but with the, with the whole AI and, and the other emerging technology methods that are coming to place, I think we're going to start using virtual reality and things like that for our training, which will be quite interesting to see. Not sh quite sure how people will perceive it, but it's definitely going to come to place. But when we invest into that, we just need to make sure that it goes to the right place and it's not going to get wasted because of lack of knowledge from stuff around. Yeah, I'm going to come back to virtual reality, uh, actually, because I'm glad you brought that up. That wasn't something that came up yesterday, but it is something I'd, I'd like to cover. But I have a question for you, Pablo, actually, in relation to the, the training and development. I mean, you're, you have one of the greatest responsibilities on the planet in terms of inspiring the next generations coming through into why they should come into to hospitality in the first place. How do you make sure that, from an academic perspective, you can keep on top of what's going on out there in the, in the world in terms of all this tech that's coming to market. Us operators can barely keep up with it. So how do you make sure that you're staying on top of that in the classroom? 
Yeah, and, and that's a very good question. Thank you for that. Um, well, you can't say we, we don't. That's fine. <laughs> we let them do that themselves. What we do is actually to come to events like this one, right? So right now, when, when I finish here, I will just walk around and talk to people and see what, um, what new technology is available. That's the first thing. I do this, but my colleagues do that as well. Not, he, not only here in London, but everywhere. Um, that's, the first, uh, that's the first thing. Uh, second thing we invite to, we have a specific modules on, on, uh, on technology applied to uh, hospitality, tourism, events, transport. And in these models, we invite guest speakers, startup companies, so they can present themselves their, you know, the newest technology available. And also in the School of Hospitality and Tourism Management, where I work, uh, we have an advisory board from the industry and they advise us as well. They provide, oh, look at this or look at that. And this is how we keep on, on, on top of the, you know, the latest trends. Yeah, I mean, uh, we, we spoke yesterday as well about how the, every generation that follows the next generation is always more tech savvy than the one that came before it. So do you also have a situation whereby you can kind of rely on them to just keep their head in it anyway? Well, on that topic, I would like to highlight that first thing, when we design, when a new technology is designed, a key element is how easy it is to use, right? There's a research in uh, 2021 indicated that 71% uh, of consumers were ready to use, to embrace technology, any kind of technology, as long as it's easy to use. From the moment that we develop something a bit complicated, it's gone. Consumers won't do it, right? Therefore, uh, also my, on my experience working with, with the startups, doing research on using their technology or applying their technology in the in the industry, what we also, uh, often see is that the technology is developed without asking the question, what is the value for the guest? Or what is the value for the user, right? So I think that's, that's a very important, important step before developing the technology, which is actually how we can integrate that technology in the customer journey, and which pain points the technology is going to, to address. And again, it's very, unfortunately, very, very often I, I see that technology is first developed to address a specific problem, but without, without looking uh, further than that, without integrating it in, the, in that overall customer journey. Yeah, sure, absolutely. I think that I've also learned something else by doing this panel across two days, is that our holographic friend over here wants to get on the panel discussion that's all I can hear at the left of my ear. But um, yeah, right, I'm, I'm going to come back to virtual reality, and I'm not specifically looking at you. You brought the, the anybody can kind of jump in on this. Marco, you've probably done some research, so uh, maybe we'll come to you. Virtual reality, this seems to be like it's coming to the market now big time. But like I remember 20 years ago, they did a first, you know, it was kind of the first foray into it, and it never really took off. It was it kind of, it became a gimmick and everybody went, ah, I've kind of seen it, done it. But how are, how, in terms of what you've seen out there, how are businesses utilizing virtual reality? And maybe we'll knock on augmented reality into that as well. Before Marco's gonna start talking for 20 minutes, I'll just jump in before. <laughs> um, I think one of the biggest things is, um, and that's from a little bit probably from the sales perspective as well, 
is a virtual reality showing us the space before you jump into somewhere or before you enter. And I think one of the biggest things is maybe meetings and event spaces because lots of hotels rely on, and actually not just hotels, restaurants and, and a lot of hospitality venues use their space for different purposes when they're not open or when they're not during the operating out, uh, hours. Like museums do big events and dinners in their space. So I think because the competition is so high out there, um, and especially when we talk about London, like there's so much out there. And for somebody who's looking for a space, it might be quite hard to decide where you're going to go and is that going to cater for your needs. So virtual reality um, um, and all of that kind of technology around it, it's great to show people what they can get out when they go to the places. And the same for, I mean, hotels and the bedrooms, you know, especially more your more expensive ones, perhaps, um, where you can go and enter and kind of experience it without actually being there. I think one of the biggest danger in there is, though, that you don't have the atmosphere around that you would when you actually walk in there. Different hospitality venues have very big thing on the scent at the moment. So when you walk in a hotel or, or somewhere, the scent just hits you in a way. But normally in a positive way <laughs> and and different lightnings and, and the music and stuff so oftentimes that also what creates the whole hospitality environment but if you're doing it virtually it, it might not be there and actually people might think that oh I don't like the look of it I'm just going to turn around and go and not visit the place so it's um it's a tricky one, I think. And, it, and as you said, 20 years ago, it was there and it didn't really quite take off. And I think that's one of the reasons, because it wasn't utilized quite well. And people weren't trained on they didn't really know what to do with all of that information or what they see. So there's still a way to go, but I think it's taking off rapidly now. Yeah, I mean, is the risk also there that you kind of take something away from the experience? I mean, the, you know, that sense of arrival that you have when you you come 100%. somewhere and you you know you go walk into that room that you've if you've already kind of seen the layout you it just takes a little bit of the edge off yeah absolutely i think another risk would be um, i just wrote a notes yesterday when i was making some research the social isolation it really disconnects the user from the real world i was having a walk when i came here and there are so many new technology but are we taking into consideration that not all of the guests are up to this technology, especially, let's say, old people. They are not ready for it, and as Kat just said, they might just walk away for it. So, again, we need to really strike a balance between introducing technology, but doing really, really wisely. Uh, I mean, I've seen artificial intelligence, augmented and virtual reality, transform physical menus to into interactive experiences. Like, for example, there is a stand just behind you, Phil, where we can see literally the menu and all the dishes, how they are made, the list of ingredients, the list of allergies, the calories as well. But let's do it wisely, please. We don't want to lose that kind of interaction with the guest. That is what makes hospitality, you know, the best industry in the world. Yeah, I, I, I suppose to counter that, then maybe it's, it's to do with the individual experience itself. Because there are also, there's obviously a, a, a huge group of people out there who don't want Correct. that interaction. They just want to contactless check-in, don't Correct. talk to anybody, there's your key, you know, whatever it works, or sending it to your phone, and you just you know, check in with your, your phone. So I suppose it just comes down to the individual, well, the individual properties, but also the individual themselves as to what they, what they want. And I, I, therefore, there's probably a marketplace for all of this somewhere. 
but it's just about, I suppose, analyzing your own business and finding out the things that are adding value rather than taking it away. Talking about restaurant, um, we, we were talking before about contactless payments, right? I still got some complaint of guests that don't have their phone. They don't want to use contactless because they, they might believe that it's not safe enough and they still want to pay cash. Or for example, when you hand QR code menus to like old couples, elderly couples, they really don't want, they want to print copies. So in our restaurant, what we introduce is, of course we are implementing technology, but at the same time we are prioritizing also other kind of guests printing copies, printing menus. I know we were not in line with sustainability because we change the menu every two, three weeks. So for an operation that runs 600 covers per day, we need to make sure that there are enough menus for all the customers. And that's why we introduced QR code menus. But I think a minimal part of it needs to obviously go to people that are still not ready for the implementation of all this technology around the world. Yeah, absolutely. Harsh. Oh, sorry, do you, you look like you wanted to say something, Pablo. I mean, that's, that's uh, Marco, that, that was a very good point. Uh, technology uh, has to complement, especially in hospitality. This is about human contact, right? This is about emotions. Technology won't provide that. So technology will need to always be a complement, and people or guests will have the, the choice whether they, can, they want to use the technology or they want to go to, you know, to talk to a real human. Yeah, Harsh, I was just going to ask if you wanted to add anything because I'm just conscious that the microphone's been down that end. <laughs> yes, uh, for virtual reality, let's say we opened a new hotel a few months ago and it was all virtual because most of the people, they cannot either visit it, so we used to do virtual show rounds for them. Again, as Katrina mentioned, it takes away a bit of the edge, but still it gives you a basic idea than you would get on a Google or on the official website of a hotel. So it's getting there, but again, there is a limitation of how many people uh, like it in terms of how much exposure they have to technology. For me, uh, I've been bothered with technology. Uh, I got my hands on it quite earlier, so I like to do these things. I like to dig deep in the revenue side of things to analyze data, to do virtual show rounds. But again, at the same time, uh, we cannot actually uh, compensate for a smile that you would get when you will meet the person. So it is getting there, but again, it's still the first step, and it's getting wider as people start to use it more and more in the business. Yeah, absolutely. Are we now at a point then where every single one of us has to be a futurist? You've just got to, you've got to get your crystal ball out and look 10 years into the, to the future because uh, this is a, uh, there's a bigger problem here, which is probably a podcast for another discussion around planning. You know, like, I mean, the, the amount of things that get planned out there for the moment that you're in, but you don't think about the 10 years time solution. So do we, is it now the responsibility of all of us to just think that way? I'm just going to add there, when we discussed and prepared for this meeting, we actually spoke about the movie called Wall-E. I don't know if you've seen it, but I think Wall-E is a very good example of what we need to be cautious of. You know, we don't all want to move to space and have the screens in front of us so we don't even know that the other world exists around us. So obviously that's probably not a 10-year, uh, like a... I hope <laughs> not. <laughs> I hope so too. Um, but I think that's the reason why we're now talking about sustainability and all the net zero and, and, you know, that we need to be very careful about how we recycle and what we do with the, the leftovers and especially in hospitality, 
industry because there's so much of it. So it needs to be very well planned, as you said as well. Uh, we definitely need to think ahead and we need to see what can be done better. Some of the countries in the world are already a lot ahead of us, especially when we compare it to the UK countries in Scandinavia and, you know, up north. So um, they definitely are setting a good example and, and we need to take a note of that and make sure that this is happening here too. But it's obviously harder when the country is a bit bigger than, for example, Estonia. <laughs> is that where you were taking your examples from, Kat? Cats from Estonia, by the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I take your point completely, but I think there's also a, there, it is a collective you have to have a collective approach to this. Oh, right? absolutely. We have to work on this together. Um, it, it, you know, nobody has been successful being just on their own. And th that goes the same for the industry, for the country, for, well, the world, <laughs> really. Um, so we do have to all take small steps to, to get there. And, and you know, we, we can't just rely on ourselves and, and save the world. And sustainability as well, because we're talking about tech. Now it's much more wider in terms of reporting of sustainability. So as we see that Coldplay, they recently launched their sustainability report, which wasn't done in years by any band. So that's coming with the hotels as well. So now they can track actually, like everyone is talking about sustainability, but we can actually go through their annual reports that what they actually did. But this again was made through technology. And I think there's again a little scope on getting those figures out, getting those figures that are actually making sense to the guests. So again, sustainability reporting uh, comes into the play and I think tech has taken, has helped hospitality a bit to get those reportings right. Yeah, I mean, at the risk of sounding like my parents, that's super cool, <laughs> really like that. Uh, right, I am conscious of time, so I'm gonna open it to the floor. Would anybody have a, a question for our panel? Uh, this gentleman was first. Could we just get a microphone to? Thank, thanks very much. Um, I was noting down the specific applications that were mentioned of this new technology. Uh, so yeah, I was, I was trying to find the, it was quite general at first, but I did kind of write down a few things where you had specific mention of the, the applications of, of these technology. I heard about robots, I heard about uh, something to do with Netflix, I heard about online menus, or sorry, uh, QR code menus, etc. Without wanting to do a shameless plug for my company, but um, it, seems to be the biomission, and often the case is, that the space just outside the hotel is where this interaction between the guests and the host, as you described uh, hospitality as, is, is often ignored. And when you imagine guests coming to a hotel after a long journey, stressed over where they're going to park, how they're going to pay for parking, etc., and then taking it out probably on the reception staff when they get there, it, it seems to be that biomission is often missed out about especially where technology now comes in and um, as I say I won't shamelessly plug but there's a company behind me that is, has been working very hard on making this for the, for the, uh, the hotel sector and you should all go and visit that, 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 that stand but um, I just want to know why it's never mentioned you know it's, it's often twice the size of the actual in the, the hotel itself is the parking area and yet it's given very little attention in my view. Uh, I, I think I mean if you don't mind me taking that I'd, I would just say that it's probably not been talked about because it needs somebody like you to come and talk about it. You know, Job if done. It, it, yeah, <laughs> if it's not something that's in the general mindset of people, then it, it needs more people to talk about it. It's that, that, that would be my answer to that. doesn't really answer your question, but, but there we are. So just picking up on your point earlier on positive stalking, given we use a lot of technology to profile our guests and enhance the guest experience, how do we do that successfully whilst marrying up their rights to privacy and their legal rights to be forgotten? Right, so 
I believe that first of all, sharing information and communication in any hospitality industry might be on its highest level. And technology can actually help us doing so. For example, when we have VIP checking in, we have created a WhatsApp group where we share important information. However, the people that are in this group are just leaders and managers, and then we will pass information during briefings to obviously, the, the, you know, we, we cascade information to the team. But I think it's important to utilize e-learning academy courses in order for them to have an understanding on what GDPR is, how we can protect data profiles. We don't have to share this information with anyone else. So technology can really help us have a deeper understanding with at the same time enhancing guest experiences. As we mentioned before, there is a lot of staff turnover. So it takes literally one person for not following these rules to then disrupt you know, and put the company at risk. But again, I think we need to have a bit of more self-awareness of technologies and the importance of sharing information and using our communication on its highest level. Uh, during COVID, for example, uh, in order to keep the team united and continue in trainings, we were sharing training tools on our WhatsApp groups. But again, you might have people that are not familiar with these things, like maybe older people, and you know they, they would still prefer a proper conversation over the phone. So it's a good question. But I think the answer would be to increase self-awareness and improve our communication skills by using technologies. I'll just add to that one as well. So one of the biggest things, for, for example, Opera is the big system that hotels use you know, worldwide. And different card providers have come forward in the past years where so you put the card details into the profile and then they're all kind of blinded. You won't see anything else than just the four last digits and there's no way that you can actually get the full card details unless you contact the guest and they will give that to you. So that's one of the really good examples of how we can protect them if those kind of methods will go in place to protect that data. Because there's so much data, especially on like hotel levels and well, actually big operations like uh, restaurants, um, a scale of where Marco is, there's so much data that you collect. We need to be careful of what kind of data we actually store and what, what data we don't store. Because eventually it will come to the point that even though it's in the cloud, I mean, you know, there's still a kind of a limited space. But going forward, and Harsh mentioned that probably earlier as well, that we need to make sure that if you invest the data, that you also invest into the security of the data um, and make sure that that's there because one without the other probably won't work quite that well. Thank you very much. Uh, we're going to have to wrap it up there. If there are any more burning questions, I'm sure the, the panel will happily stick around for a few minutes afterwards to, to just chew the fat. Uh, but if you would just be so kind to give them a, a big hand for giving up the time to chat to us today. And thank you so much for listening. I means, I means, I means. Today's special of I'm In covered how the technology trends of today impact the hospitality industry of tomorrow and featured Harsh Sadani, Katrina Rizar, Marco De Simone, Pablo Pereira Doel, and hosted by me, Phil Street. A huge thank you must go to the IOH's very own Kim Bailey MIH for coordinating the panels for the show, and as always to Sonia Criswell MIH for artwork and branding, and Leon Williams FIH for the music. To say I'm in and feature on a future episode, contact phil.street at instituteofhospitality.org, and to find out more about the Institute of Hospitality, or to join our hospitality family, please click the links in the show notes. Thanks so much for listening and join us next time where we'll be exploring how to build a stable business.